This is episode number 61 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse here. Before we get into today's episode, I have news for you. If you are a postpartum exercise enthusiast, a trainer, a coach, or a women's health professional, this will be especially noteworthy. I am hosting the second annual postnatal fitness fast track series. This is a free, fully online, three-part video training course. I'm going to be sending you three brand new coaching videos that are five-minute max on the 9th, 11th, and 14th of April, straight to your email inbox. These videos cover strategies for reducing pelvic pain in lower body strength training movements, how to coach a pelvic floor friendly variation of breath holding for when your client or patient needs to lift heavy or awkward loads in life or exercise, and finally, considerations for coaching abdominal crunches to clients who may or may not have core or pelvic floor dysfunctions. If you are looking to better support your current or future postpartum patients or clients, this free video series will give you some key ideas on how to do so. After today's show, jump over to jessiemundell.com forward slash PFFT to join or go to the show notes where the postnatal fitness fast track volume two information will be linked. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. And Jess and I are looking forward to chatting today with our expert guest, Nicole Nifo, all about prenatal and postnatal massage. So welcome, Nicole, to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so I met Nicole actually a few years ago through online communities around pelvic floor and core recovery. Um, and we did an interview a few years ago with you on your Facebook um, Facebook group. And we recently did a Franklin Method course together. And the RMT that I actually work with in Peterborough did Nicole's perinatal RMT courses, which she's going to talk a little bit about later. Um, so I'm excited for Nicole to share her expertise with everyone listening. And for those who don't know Nicole, I'll share a little bit about her and then we'll dive into some questions. Um, so she is a registered massage therapist, birth doula, and certified pediatric massage therapist. Nicole has been passionately working with pregnant patients for 14 years at her clinic, Fully Alive Wellness in Oakville, Ontario. She advocates for her patients by informing them on the postpartum health, pelvic floor dysfunction, and cesarean scar rehab. She is also the co-founder of a continuing education company called Perinatal Massage Therapy Education, mentoring and empowering massage therapists with tools to confidently treat patients through the perinatal cycle. So we both would love to know kind of what, what led you into massage therapy, but also specifically into prenatal and postnatal care. 
So as you said, I've been in practice for 14 years, so I'll reveal my age. I started uh, practicing as a massage therapist at the young age of 21. So I basically went from, you know, last year of high school, grade 13, straight into the massage therapy program. Was a bit confused before not knowing if I wanted to go into kinesiology, um, but I knew I wanted to work with the body and had found out that uh, a friend's sister was in the program and just kind of learned about it and immediately fell in love with how quick the training was, which is two years. Um, but not realizing how stressful the actual courses can be. Um, and so when I was in school, I took a prenatal course and we have to do a certain amount of outreach hours in massage therapy school and in the hospital. So I opted in to do one at women's college in Toronto and it was working with the high risk uh, unit there for pregnancy. And I had some amazing interactions with some patients that were pregnant and newly postpartum. And just seeing how like a simple massage, like touch, I didn't even know what I was doing. I think I was even like third term. Um, and just doing simple massage to her back and her neck. Um, you can't really move them too much and do too many fancy, you know, um, techniques or joint play or anything like that. It's just a very basic massage. Um, and just being able to see her kind of sobbing and sad go from that to in 10 minutes, this happy um, full of energy, smiling, and her husband's like, what did you do? You worked miracles. <laughs> so I said, I don't really know what I was doing. I just doing what I taught was taught in school. And you know, that's, that's all I really know at this point, because I'm not a therapist yet. And just kind of knowing what a difference we can make for people with like simple massage techniques um, in that postpartum period when, you know, their energy is different, their hormones are all over the place, um, maybe experience some trauma. And just knowing that I could make that difference really meant a lot to me as a human being and as a therapist as well. So knowing that I wanted to eventually specialize in that when I was when I came out of school and had my own practice, that was really important to me. So took lots of training and eventually uh, kind of focused in a perinatal um, practice. So that's kind of my journey. <laughs> that's so cool. Two things. Funny story. I applied for massage therapy school after high school as well. So it was either going into kinesiology at university or it was going into massage therapy. Those were the things I wanted to do. So I've always had a really keen interest in massage. So I'm really excited to hear more about what you do on the day today. Secondly, you're the second person in the last few days that I've heard mention grade 13 and that just cracks me up because <laughs> I feel like for yeah, the last year to get it. Too. Yeah. Yes. Like if you're not from Ontario, Canada, you probably have no idea what that is. But anyways, <laughs> um, can you just tell us what I don't even know if this exists for you right now? What is a normal day in the life look like for you? So I have a almost five-year-old. So I opted into changing my schedule when I gave birth to him almost five years ago. can't believe he's already almost five. Um, and so I went from working six days a week to three days a week. So on days where I'm at my clinic, I'm usually starting around nine and treating until about five. Um, I love that I can do that with being a massage therapist because we're self-employed so we can make our own schedule similar, similar to what you guys do. Um, and in that day I'm seeing a mixture of people from, uh, prenatal patients to postpartum patients, infants, sometimes kids. And then I have my small little group of lifetimers <laughs> that have been seeing me for 14 years and they don't care what I specialize in. They, they want to see me no matter what. 
Um, and so they're, they're ranging all ages, um, and walks of life. So they're fun. They keep my practice kind of, um, very, um, interesting. Um, and, uh, and I, and I absolutely love, 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 uh, treating, um, the pelvic health patients that are sent from my, uh, pelvic physios in the community, because I find those patients are just so the work that, that the pelvic physio does and that, and that me as a massage therapist can do with them is just so rewarding more than I ever knew or thought was possible because, um, a lot of people don't think that massage therapists can work with a patient that has pelvic health issues because we don't do internal work. Um, but there's so much on the external part, like on their body, on the external part that we can uh, work with their muscles, um, even just calming their nervous system down and just can make a huge difference for them. And I mean, I have so many stories <laughs> that I'm always sharing with our therapists when we're teaching because it's you can really make a huge difference. And I know the pelvic physios love it because it helps to make their job a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love it. And I know when we originally kind of met um, that I'm just always surprised when physios don't necessarily have RMTs who are their go-tos for referrals. Because when I was in Toronto working and especially getting into pelvic health, um, mm-hmm. luckily at that point, that clinic, there was an RMT there who was working with prenatal postpartum. And oh my gosh, the amount of clients that I referred and explaining to the client like we all have our own place and um how we can help and there's so many things i would send so often for clients who had tension endometriosis um scar work like there's just so many things we can work together on and and yes as physios we can do that work too and we incorporate it but yeah there's only so many hours in a week that someone can see you right so to be able to share clients i think benefits the client ultimately too because they feel like they have more of a team um so yeah. I love RMTs and referring. And then Kelly, who's here in Peterborough, I'm referring to her all the time. That's awesome. And yeah. and I think it's important, too, to um, when you're educating patients about this kind of integrative team that can help them is that, yes, we all can do, you know, joint play and, and massage techniques. You know, I love when they're like, oh, my physio did massage. I'm like, so what does that actually look like? Because... Sometimes just touch with oil is massage to people, right? Not necessarily the massage te- techniques that I do, um, but I but I like to inform them about us just being being able to get very specific on what it is that we're working on, rather than seeing one practitioner who's trying to kind of do it all. It's like you know I'm specifically working on this area, your physio is specifically working on that. Maybe your naturopath's working with this, and your trainer is you know working doing these specific exercises with you because yeah, like I know about core breathing and pelvic floor contractions and everything but to cue my patients and to get them to um you know start contracting their pelvic floor with their breath and like it's a lot of cueing and I feel like having the internal palpation while they're doing that is a lot more effective but also too like it takes up time where I could be massaging them and I feel like people are coming to me as a massage therapist because they want the hands-on work um and maybe like five percent of remedial exercise but not half and half or more remedial exercise over massage like they want they they want my hands on their body (laughs) so um so i yeah it allows us just to get very specific on what it is that we can do for them yeah that's such a good point i love that um okay so on those days three days a week you're treating patients hands on body and then the other days a week what are you doing and when are you working in the business, on the business? Are you running the whole show? <laughs> no, I'm a very busy person. And people always say like, oh my goodness, you're always doing so much. 
So I'm definitely not sitting at home watching Netflix all day, I promise, um, on those days. Obviously, there's like, you know, house stuff and being a mom, like those types of things. But with running a business, my massage therapy practice is at a point where it's so simple and easy to manage online booking and everything. So my admin work for that is just really easy. Um, As far as my other business, I'm a co-founder of Perinatal Massage Therapy Education. Uh, My business partner, Michelle Francis-Smith, is also a massage therapist at an Ajax. Um, And so we come together and have our own tasks that we need to um, get things done for our courses. So we've, our courses are kind of half online and half uh, live. So it's integrated. Um, So the online portion is like pretty much all theory. So there's a lot of like managing, like, you know, emails and managing the the online classroom. Um, And I am kind of the tacky person in our our relationship. So uh, I'm doing like all the video editing and making the ads on Canva and, and just setting up everything. Like there's a lot of setup when you're hosting an online course, especially we just changed platforms. Um, and it just, so that it takes up a lot of time. Like you think, okay, yeah, I can do all these things. And then you realize, okay, that's going to take four hours just for that one thing, because now that one thing has all these pieces. So I try to not be stuck at my computer because I, I see the damage it does to people's bodies, but there's some, some days in, during the week where I am at the computer majority of the day. Um, and then just trying to enjoy life because you know what? I work so hard most of my career before I had my son and he taught me that I need to slow down and he taught me that I, it's okay that I'm not where I maybe thought I should be right now in my career. Um, you know, cause you have all these aspirations and, and things that you may want to do. And, and he taught me just to slow down. And so, you know, just being able to enjoy in the summertime, like we have a hammock in our backyard, like I go and lay in our hammock. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with that. I don't think I'm slacking or anything like that. And, and you know, meal prepping and, and doing being involved, like being able to, you know, be at a school and, and that sort of thing. So that's kind of what I do with my time when I'm not a massage therapist. So cool. in a nutshell. I love hearing about <laughs> like what your real life looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but that's great. I love I love hearing that as well. Um, yeah. So, Nicole, what would you say? What are most of your pregnant clients seeing you for? Is it for specific issues they're already having? Is it for prevention? Kind of talk us through what that looks like. So it's a little bit of everything. So like you said, you know, if they're having any issues like low back pain is a really common one. Hip pain, you know, from laying on their side so much. Um, pelvic pain, sometimes that's an issue as well. And they're being maybe referred from the pelvic physio. Um, some people just want relaxation, especially if it's not their first, if it's like their second, third, fourth child, they just want to come and like not talk to anybody and just have silence, um, and feel like they're being taken care of. And then the other thing that I love so much about the pregnant patients of 2019 is that they're doing more this for more of self-care. So they may come in and say, I don't really have anything going on with my body. It feels okay. I'm not really feeling stress necessarily, but it feels good. And I know that it's good for me. So something that I've noticed in the last 14 years is, is it's so easy for patients to come for massage when they're pregnant. And then as soon as they have their baby, it's like crickets. Hello, where'd you go? You know? And, and so we're learning how to hack that kind of, um, that situation because it's so important for postpartum massage, obviously, for so many reasons, which we'll get into. But 
Um, I, I see them doing this kind of self-care preventative thing while they're pregnant and I love it. And I, and I encourage them to keep it going after they've had their baby, even though it's harder. Um, but I, I, I love that they're kind of making that time for themselves more so at the end of the pregnancy. I find like once they're over 30 weeks between 30 and 40 or 42, however long they go, they're coming in more regularly, like every two weeks, sometimes weekly, uh, for massage, um, and then usually by, you know, towards the end, we'll start feeling, okay, there's a little tightness here or something else going on there. Um, and we work on that. Um, I have, I've had patients come for kind of pre-birth prep, um, just to kind of relax them. And, um, especially if they're going for a cesarean, um, because that's kind of a focus in my practice, um, is kind of pre and post cesarean, um, work with patients. And so, you know, just kind of prepping them, getting their mindset going and kind of just talking to them a bit about self-care. Like there's a lot of educating that massage therapists do, um, while they're with their patients, because as you know, as a pelvic physio, uh, there's not a lot of, um, talk in with their doctor about their pelvic floor. And it's still, although it is kind of, I feel mainstream now, that topic, it's still not something that everybody knows about. So there's a lot of education that massage therapists can do with their patients because we're spending so much time with them in the treatment room. It's usually, you know, half an hour to an hour and a half, our appointments. So we're having conversations that maybe some other health practitioners um, aren't able to have with them because of the quickness of their appointments with them. So we're educating them on their body, about their pelvic floor, specific exercises, um, and just getting them to have an understanding of the whole picture and not just like, you're pregnant, you have this belly that's growing, and then when it comes out, you're normal again. Like, you're not. (laughs) Normal is new now. There's a new normal. So, you know, kind of getting them prepared for that in a way that doesn't scare them, obviously, Um, but just kind of informing them and empowering them in their own body with information. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) I think so true what you said about the self-care piece in pregnancy. We are far more apt if we have the access and the resources to take care of ourselves um, in deeper ways during pregnancy and then postpartum peters off for a variety of reasons, of course. I was just thinking about this. the other day that I saw my naturopathic doctors like every week during this last pregnancy and it's been eight plus months postpartum and I've not been one time and it's just so interesting that like what is all happening with that tons of mindset stuff obviously tons of life stuff as well that we care for our bodies more deeply when we're also caring for another human inside our bodies and once they're not in our bodies then we're like well we'll be okay. Like eventually our care gets lack. The entire focus is on the baby, no focus on the mom. So it's interesting. And of course, it makes sense that you would see that in your practice too. Yeah. It's definitely a mindset, right? Like it's like a, someone has to, had told me before recently, like it was like a worthiness, like you're, you know, in maybe not on the, the external part of the way you think like that you're, you know, not worthy, like everyone thinks, oh, yeah, I'm worthy, of course. But like, it's deep down inside, it's because you've devoted your whole, you know, nine months, or maybe before trying to get pregnant, going through different things with trying to get pregnant. And then now nine months of pregnancy, your whole body has changed, your life is changing. And now you have this little person who's 100% dependent on you. It makes so much sense why a lot of people feel maybe a bit lost after having a baby or, um, not knowing how to kind of get back into that routine. Like how many of us were like, I'm drinking smoothies every day. I'm going to do all these things. And then none of it happened. And then me at like nine months or a year, it starts revving up again and it does happen eventually. Um, but it takes time. It takes time to kind of, 
make you a mother and it takes time to now be yourself again as a mother, right? Yeah. So what would be um, some of the benefits of prenatal massage that a lot of people don't know about? Like, is there anything that you end up, I mean, public health you've mentioned, yeah. I'm sure a lot of your clients coming in, unless they were referred, may have never heard of. Um, are there any other benefits of prenatal massage? Well, um, like we were saying before, the self-care piece, like it's it's okay to have a massage even if you're not in pain. Um, some people think, some people can act, there's two sides. Some people think massage is just for if you have pain. And then other people think massage is only if you're, if you want to go for relaxation, like they don't realize we treat conditions. So it's kind of getting that word out there that yes, we do help your calm your nervous system, take you out of that sympathetic uprise, that fight or flight response. We do help with that rest and relax, like more ideal. Um, and we do help people that are uncomfortable in pain, um, and, you know, massage at any stage. There's so many myths that Michelle, my business partner, and I are constantly debunking at our courses and on our Facebook lives because there's not kind of one uh, piece of literature or way of teaching in the massage therapy schools to massage therapists that say this is how it is. But yet anyone, take, anyone teaching courses, any other textbooks out there that people have written kind of within North America there's nothing in there that says massage can cause miscarriage, massage is unsafe during first trimester. So I think there's like a huge myth of like, don't touch the ankles and don't put pressure in the low back. And, and so those are some of the things that I think stop people from going for massage in first trimester. And there are so many benefits uh, for that because you have a lot of breast tenderness. So we do breast massage in our practice that can really help with a lot of the tenderness and swelling. I experienced it myself and I felt relief from that treatment. So I know firsthand. Um, and just because of your body just going through so many hormonal changes during that time, you can still experience headaches and tight muscles and um, still want to feel like nurtured. Maybe you don't want a lot of like the rocking techniques if you're nauseous, but if you can, if you can handle getting a massage, then I think it's so beneficial during first trimester. So that's something that a lot of people don't know. Um, and the other thing too is massage. If uh, people think they could come in kind of on their due date or when they're overdue and think that we have these like special buttons to press uh, in their ankles that will put them into labor. And I tell everyone I would be rich if I was able to do that for everybody. If it was like, come see me and I'll press all your buttons and put you into labor. Like, of course we can encourage. Um, but the techniques are not Swedish massage techniques that we do here in Canada. It's Those are more Chinese medicine, acupressure, acupuncture techniques. So that's kind of out of our scope of practice. Um, but, you know, we hear things from other practitioners. So, of course, we, we try them out. But they're not something that we can say as a massage therapist we can do. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so that's, yeah, that's something that there's a myth there about kind of you know, third trimester, but also that the there's so many benefits in first trimester. Yeah, I love what you mentioned about, um, I think a lot of people have no idea that you can do breast massage. Um, oh, yeah. And I know what I loved in both my pregnancies was, I think a lot of people don't know either, is um, massaging the belly while the oh, baby is in you. And that yes. that is okay. <laughs> um, and it feels amazing, especially in your, your third trimester. And I find yeah. it just, again, the bigger picture of kind of releasing any tension in there that doesn't necessarily need to be there because that could potentially help with baby positioning. Um, but when you were talking about like the chest and how like your chest is growing, I remember a massage between um, like along the breastbone 
Yes. Oh my God. It's amazing. (laughs) Prenatal and postpartum. Yeah. Like, and I had never, it was my RMT in Toronto and I was like, this is amazing. So then this time around with Kelly, I was like, do you do that massage? Because that's like (laughs) just along the center, along the rib cage in the center. It, yeah, it's very like relieving and just, you don't realize there's tension there until someone's actually massaging. I've totally transformed my practice probably in the last, like since I started working closer with pelvic physios and taking some of my, my postpartum pelvic courses and realizing, you know, the, um, the function of the, uh, diaphragm and how it relates to the pelvic floor and how like the ribs and the rib cage and everything. And then just having an understanding of like all of the changes that are happening in the torso and the rib cage during pregnancy, you know, everything is just being pushed and, and kind of pushed up and compressed into the rib cage. And there's so many changes with the, with the whole rib cage in general because of the baby growing. Um, I do so much rib work in my practice now, um, more than I ever did before, because I'll have people who say, oh, I feel like there's a rib out in my back or, um, you know, this is going on. And I'm like, OK, let's work the front of you. So we put a sheet over their chest. Uh, and, and we, so we drape them and, and then we work the whole rib cage the we do diaphragm releasing. And, and it's like, has anyone ever done this for you? And a lot of people say, no, no one's ever done this. So, you know, you can't just treat the body on one side. And that's partially why we teach sideline massage. So first trimester, if the patient's okay being on their stomach, we do for, we lay them on their stomach, but once second trimester comes, they're on their side. And the reason is, is because we're mainly because we're able to access more. We're able to give more of a 3D massage. Whereas if they were on their stomach, you can only treat that one side. And then we got to turn them over and then treat that other side. And and when you're pregnant, you know, comfort is the most important thing. But a lot of patients don't know what is comfortable until they're actually on the table. So we have a lot of people who come and say, I want those pillows to lay on my stomach. And we're like, you know, you don't know what it feels like to lay on your side with the pillows that I have. So let's try it out first because it actually makes my job easier. I'm not having to turn them a million times. I turn them literally from one side to the other. Um, And I'm able to access so much more. And so being able to work the ribs and work the, you know, the hip flexors and the abdomen, it's such an essential part of a pregnancy massage because there's so many changes happening from the structures, the abs, you know, separating and stretching, um, And honestly, like it is one of my favorite parts working on the belly because it's the baby's first massage, essentially. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes when they're a lot bit, you know, more developed inside, you feel them pushing back and sometimes following your hand. And I mean, it doesn't feel like work. (laughs) It's really, really awesome, you know. Um, And and the only times I find patients don't love having their abdominal uh, treatment done is when they get a lot of Braxton Hicks with touch, especially. Um, so I let them know about that and, you know, it's really important because it's such a sensitive area. It's really important for a massage therapist to empower their patients with the information of why they're doing it, um, and what the benefits would be and making sure that they have consent to treat that area. Normally it's not a special consent area for massage therapists, but during pregnancy, I feel like it is because, you know, how many people, how many times do you hear people kind of just grabbing and touching someone's stomach that's pregnant? It's like, where's the boundaries here, people, (laughs) you know? Um, So even as a massage therapist, even though you're doing the treatment, it's really important to to ask for that. And and then we incorporate it into a back massage. Did you have that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, because she would work on the ribs and the belly and then work into the the back. back. um, Yeah. And just all the fascial. So we just drape you again. 
Yep. Yeah. So we just drape again yep. along the chest and then we get to incorporate the whole belly and back into one treatment. It's like the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> and I know we'll talk a little bit later about, um, you know, what training that massage therapists get in school. Mm. So I think that's a big question. Uh, whenever I'm referring, for example, to Kelly, being able to say like she's taken specific, like specific classes in this about draping and everything. Cause I think some people wonder like, am I going to be draped properly? Like, how is this all going to work? And anytime I've gone for a premium massage with her or with my massage therapist in Toronto, Patty, like it's, you don't think twice about it. Like they're so professional and they know how to drape and how to get you to turn over. And um, yeah, so I know we'll talk a bit more about that. Cause I think that's, some people have questions around that. I loved what you said about, you can't just treat the body from one side. Brilliant. That's mm. so smart. Yeah. And that is yeah. what Anita and I talk about so often too. Like to treat the pelvic floor, you're not just treating the pelvic floor. We're not just doing Kegels to train the core. Yeah. We're not just doing crunches and sit-ups and yeah. in your work, yeah, you're treating the whole body. So why would you only treat one side of it? It's so important to to say it like that because if we start going, well, it's not safe to lay a patient on their stomach. Uh, they can't, the baby can't advocate if you're squishing them. It's causing strain on the ligaments. It's causing strain on this. Then you get very defensive answers from other massage therapists or whoever it is that you're speaking to. So we like to approach it as like, this actually is a way that you can treat somebody in a better way. You can have better draping. They're more comfortable. You can access more and give an even better treatment, getting your patient to return again and then refer all their friends. Like that's what happens when you have an amazing practitioner or um, instructor or any, any, anybody who's just great at what they do, they refer their friends and their family. And now you have like a network of people just from that one and that's the point because, yes, it's something we love to do, but it's a business at the end of the day and we have to make an income. And and so if we can and as a, a education uh, business, if we can help people, you know, make the money doing what they love, um, then everybody's happy. And would there be because we talked about a lot of the different benefits, would there be mm-hmm. any reason that a pregnant person shouldn't have massage during uh, during pregnancy? I mean, there's contraindications, like local contraindications um, for, you know, deep vein thrombosis, like in the inner thigh, we're not, you know, using our elbow into that area, but we can still massage in that area. Um, If anyone's at risk for infection, um, obviously that's another issue as well. Um, If they have a fever, um, if they're not comfortable laying down, being able to get a massage, that would be a contraindication as well, because how are they actually going to be able to enjoy it if they're coughing or, you know, in pain, that sort of thing. Like, although we can position them in different ways, like they can even be seated if they have to be, um, you know, it would definitely be something that, and not a contraindication, sorry, more of a precaution that we want to take. But other than that, like, I, I know people who've gone through fertility treatments and they're told by their fertility doctors, like, nothing in your first trimester. No massage, no chiro, no acupuncture, nothing. So that's not something that's set out by, you know, our college uh, of massage therapists. It's something that's set out more of, like, from their doctor. Um, but from us, there's not really any reason why someone can't go for a massage. We can massage people who are having twins and triplets um therapists can massage people in the hospital at their home in a clinic um so yeah there's a lot a lot that we can do and it doesn't have to always be full body it could be you know someone even who has preeclampsia or even high blood pressure 
you know, and they have their doula come to their birth, like, why can't they just have a hand massage or a head massage? Like, maybe it's not a whole generalized massage, but it's more kind of lo- it's localized to make it safe. Cool. That sounds amazing. You've already touched on it, but can you talk more about how you work as a team with other health professionals to support pregnant people? Yep, sure. Um, so I, like I was mentioning before, I work very closely with pelvic physios. Um, a lot of osteo, I'm always referring out to osteopaths, um, and some, some chiropractors as well. And, uh, we all kind of work as a team to help if the patient's going through like a certain, has a, has a certain pain or, um, even patients kind of pre-pregnancy, they're trying to get pregnant. If there's certain practitioners I think might help like even naturopaths or acupuncturists, um, to help with fertility or to prepare for birth. Um, I think it's really important to have great alignment in your body, have a good pelvic floor tone, um, and kind of have your body prepared for childbirth, whether it's cesarean or vaginal delivery, um, because it does go through so much, right? And so I think you have a better outcome if your body is in better kind of condition before. Same with working out, right? Like when you when you've trained your body and you're working out regularly, some studies have shown that you have a better outcome for birth or postpartum healing, that sort of thing. So. Um, I definitely interrefer a lot with those practitioners. Those are kind of my main, I would say like osteo and pelvic physio are like my main referral for that. Um, but usually it's pelvic physio first, (laughs) um, (laughs) but they're so hard to get into. So I have patients that are like waiting two months and then I'm like, okay, fine, go through the osteo. (laughs) But, but a lot of times with, with patients that are pregnant or postpartum, it's, it's like, I think it's your pelvic floor. You know, even though you went for maybe some treatment earlier, you know, postpartum, and now you're maybe almost a year postpartum, like, I still think that's the pelvic floor. Because I think some people think that just like massage, like the comfort massage, they're better. It's like, no, it's going to take sometimes time and maybe a couple of treatments for you to actually start seeing change, right? Um, Because it's all about habits, too. So you're going to see your practitioner and you're maybe have these bad habits that are creating this problem or contributing to this problem, like slouching, let's say at a computer, every time you go for your massage, you know, we're working those muscles and kind of helping your brain to realize that that area is sore or tight when you don't even maybe notice it. So that when you're back at your desk again, slouching, you feel them pulling again and you're like, oh wait, I need to sit up straight. It's the same with like the pelvic floor. It's the same with, you know, doing exercises to practice squatting, um, you know, proper ergonomics with lifting your baby. Like all these things are really important and kind of work together. And I think that, you know, all of these different practitioners that I've mentioned can kind of help remind the patients about stuff like that and help their bodies to be more realigned when they're trying to perform their tasks of daily living. Yeah, I love what you said about that with, um, the body is just always changing. And Jess and I talk about that a lot, like postpartum, you know, you'll read different things or hear from people like postpartum is the first year or it's the first 18 months, or it's only the first three months. It's the fourth mm-hmm. trimester. And yeah, we love talking about that. It's, it's constantly changing. Yeah. So how you're saying, maybe there is a pelvic floor issue and it was re- resolved early on, but then you get back to activities and sports. Um, and then maybe something else pops up. So I really like how you're letting your clients know, like, it's just an ongoing thing to, to check in with. Um, and also love that we're going to talk about postnatal massage is I do need to book myself a massage too. Um, <laughs> but I think something a lot of people don't know about is yeah. I did a post on this the other day is especially early postpartum 
if you're nursing or you know bottle feeding, you can actually do that during a massage. And I think a lot of people don't know you can do that. So both with Jack and Pippa, I do that. Like it's like a sideline massage and I would nurse them getting a massage. Yeah. So I think a lot of people just have no idea you can, or you can cuddle your baby. Like you can still soothe them and everything during a massage. Um, especially early postpartum, ideally it's nice if you can go by yourself. Um, but sometimes if that's what's blocking you from going, knowing that you feel like you need to go, um, mm. to know that the baby can be incorporated into the massage so that you're getting that, that treatment, that self-care as well. So what is the main reason why people like, what's their main excuse for not doing things? They have no time. Right. And that's why like in pregnancy, they're like, Oh, I have lots of time. So the main reason that people saying they don't have time. Um, so with someone in postpartum, uh, we make sure to tell all of our patients that, and, and when I teach this as well, I, I, um, I reiterate this to the massage therapist, like let your patients know that is okay. Unless you're working in a spa, like some high-end spa that you're not allowed to bring kids to. Um, if you're working at in a private clinical setting, let them know that they can bring their baby with them to the massage um, if they choose to, because that for sure is a huge blocker for a lot of people in postpartum is either they're um, anxious to leave their child alone without them. Um, not alone, obviously, they're with somebody else, but <laughs> either they're too anxious to leave their child without them uh, or... Um, they just, uh, they just don't know that it's appropriate to bring a baby with them. And my thing is like, yes, of course it would be so nice to be able to go for a massage and have peace and quiet, which yes, definitely. If you can try to book some of those, but there's so much benefit to having your baby there with you at a massage. And a lot of times they're either in a bouncer that we have at the clinic or they're still in their car seats and sleeping and um and then once they wake up and they need they need mommy then we put them on the table with mom we get them and that's then again we put them in that sideline position and we get the mom to come you know all the way back to the end of the edge of the table and the baby has tons of room and if they choose to feed um they can feed and uh it just makes it a lot easier the mom's nervous system it doesn't have to be so heightened up in fight or flight again it can be very calm and usually baby just falls right back asleep and there's times where I actually hold baby <laughs> for mom while I'm massaging her <laughs> um, because they're okay with it. And it still allows my patient to relax. And I'm like, hey, this is a one-armed massage. And she's like, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, it feels great. Um, or I'm rocking. I'm sitting and I'm rocking with my foot while I'm treating. Like, massage therapists can be quite talented with multitasking. You'd be really surprised. Um, especially if you're going to a therapist that's really open to having that type of environment. So definitely always check with your massage therapist to see what they're comfortable with. And I would say nine times out of 10, they would definitely welcome um, having a baby at the at the clinic with you and in the treatments. And, and if you really don't want them in the room, then you bring somebody else with you and they sit out in the waiting area with baby, especially if you've just given birth. Like I treat people the day after they've given birth sometimes. So sometimes the other partners in the room with us and babies, sometimes they're waiting out in the waiting area. Like it really just depends on what's, what right, was right for them. And then there's times where if the baby's there, then we can even incorporate the baby and get the baby can get a little massage as well, which is really nice. Um, but one thing I did learn through experience, because it does not matter how long you've been practicing, you're always learning. 
if, if a therapist is going to have a baby on the table breastfeeding, bottle feeding, um, it definitely have some kind of extra protective garment underneath them because if they throw up, <laughs> it gets all over the massage table and gets into all the layers and then you have to literally strip everything off because it's a bodily fluid. And that happened once <laughs> recently. <laughs> um, especially when your patient tells you that your baby throws up. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think of it, you know. But uh, yeah, it just it just creates such a nice environment for the baby. I mean, to have dim dim lighting and relaxation music and a sound machine like what baby doesn't like that? Yeah, it's all the right stuff. You guys are booking your massages after this uh, <laughs> recording. I know it. <laughs> Yes, yeah. absolutely. And another thing, actually, I remember now, it was more with um, Pippa, because I think also sometimes if you're nursing, and especially those first few months where your milk supply is, you know, adjusting itself, and if your breasts are really tender or if you're leaking a lot, I think sometimes people, you know, feel like, oh, I can't go because everything's going to get, you know, in terms of the milk, it's just going to be leaking out. Right. Um, And I remember my massage therapist with Pippa, she was just really great with like the extra towels. And again, it came down to draping and it was not an issue like at all. So I think if anyone listening, if that's a concern of yours, um, an RMT who does work with postnatal moms, I don't think it's an issue at all. No. And and if you're at least even like letting your therapist know ahead of time that the baby's coming, then they can also help set up the room because a lot of therapists only keep 15 minutes in between their appointments. And so to have to like go into the storage and grab maybe the bouncer or like make sure we have extra towels in the room, it would just be nice to know in advance so we can just have it all set up for them. Um, but yeah, like it's it's so great to to be able to incorporate family members into the treatment because it's, especially if those family members really are very dependent on that patient, then you don't have that whole like half relaxation, half stress. Like I have moms, sometimes I have their phone with them because they're like worried their husbands are going to burn the house down and lose the children at the same time while they're there getting a massage. And I'm like, everything's okay. Like they're, they're an adult, they can handle it, you know? Um, but so just to be able to have them there, it just provides them a bit of uh stress relief. Um, and I also tell them like, you know, if you're, you tend to leak, keep your breast pads with you or keep your, your, your uh, bra on and I'll just undo it. Right. Like if it's something they're worried about. Um, and as far as like doing breast massage and they're leaking, we wear gloves cause it's a bodily fluid. So, you know, like we don't have to worry about, um, you know, no one should really worry about that. That's something that we totally understand and, and we're comfortable with. Those are great tips for comfort for people. I think that would be really appreciated. Why do, what are the reasons why people come to see you postpartum for massage? So sometimes, you know, we have lingering uh, pains that they had while they were pregnant. Um, definitely po- uh, some, some discomforts that they've experienced from during childbirth. Um, if they had epidural, sometimes we have some post-epidural pain. Um, pelvic discomfort, because obviously everything's shifting back into place. Um, and, uh, feeding is definitely a huge component of the daily life activities that of a mother and, um, whether she's breastfeeding or bottle feeding, you still have a person that's sitting down, hunched over, you know, holding on to that baby. Um, and whether it's with their breast or a bottle, um, you know, they're in that, that position until the baby's done feeding. Um, and their head's usually kind of tucked down as well while they're looking at them. 
And those sometimes can create some muscle strains in their in their body and uh, in their neck and their back. Um, there's a condition. Um, I'm not going to go into like the the terms or everything, but like I call it mommy wrist. <laughs> I'm sure you guys know you're familiar with that one. Um, and in, and they're experiencing a lot of wrist pain from holding the baby and that sort of thing. So we work a lot on that. Um, my most favorite thing is uh, is the cesarean scar rehabilitation because I have had a cesarean myself, and Jesse, I know you've had mm-hmm. cesareans, so mm-hmm. two cesareans, yep. And so that is something that I've since I've experienced it. That is something that I've made a huge component of my practice because it's not something that uh, patients are being educated about by their primary care physicians. Um, you know, I always give the example of you go for knee surgery and you have like your pre-op stuff and then you go for your surgery and then you have all this, you know, post-op, you know, therapy, physio exercises, all this stuff to help you heal optimally and return back to your life. And why is it that when someone has a cesarean and they're literally, you know, cut from one side to the other of their torso through multiple, multiple layers through an organ, um, and now being being told to take care of baby um, at the same time, they're not being given any resources or tools to help their body heal. And that I don't understand. And that, but when I say it like that to patients, they they get it, and they're like, you know what, you're right, you know. And because they people think that when they see scars, it's just what it looks like on the outside. It's like, well, my scar's not that bad. Like, look how small it is. And I'm like, you're right. Well, let me feel it. And then once you feel that scar. I know, Anita, you talk about this a lot um, in your practice, too. Um, you know, like, it's it's so deep. Like, the layers are so deep. And once you're able to actually feel deeper, you start to feel there's a lot of restrictions. And people don't realize that that scar that's maybe so tiny on the front could be causing so many issues for their back or their hips and so much compensating in their body. And so that's definitely um, – sorry, guys. <laughs> that's definitely a reason why um, – Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Let me start again. Stop texting me. <laughs> I don't know why it's like making noise on my computer. Okay, hold on, I'll start again. So with working with all those, um, you know, layers of the scar and, and having patients come in for that rehab, that's why we, you know, we educate our patients in postpartum healing. Even patients who've delivered vaginally, you know, there's so many muscles that could be strained or pulled and even just having the tearing or um, episiotomy in their um their vagina that that could cause issues as well and compensating in their body so so we kind of look at the patient as a whole rather than just like oh what are your specific symptoms we're like looking at your posture Um, we do check the diastasis recti the abdominal separation and we educate our patients about it you know like it's not as important you know what how big the gap is and don't don't let that stress you out what's most important is that we're able to create tension underneath and so you know this is where the pelvic physio comes in and maybe having a trainer and 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 talking to them about the exercises and, and kind of getting their body because remedial exercise is a part of what we do as massage therapists as well and so just talking to them about some of the things they can start doing at home um you know is squatting i find is one of the biggest exercises that i'm teaching too um, so when patients are coming in in postpartum, it's, it's ergonomics, it's, it's how they're standing, how they're sitting, and it's how they're lifting this child. It's anything that they're, I know they're doing repeatedly every day, all day. And, and so I find this teaching them how to do proper squats, not belly plies or, I don't know, people do the funniest things when I assess their squatting. <laughs> um, and, and I, you know, and I teach them about their body and, and how, okay, see how it feels when you do it like that. 
that could be contributing to why you're having that discomfort. So let's, you know, realign our bodies and try to do it this way instead. And um, so it's just, it's, that's why people are coming in uh, for massage after is for those things. And of course there's relaxation. Like, I mean, that's always kind of a given <laughs> um, is that people want to come in to feel like they have like, you know, an hour to themselves or um, feel, feel like themselves again, especially if that's something they did kind of pre-pregnancy was kind of monthly massages. They'll come in to kind of feel more like them, themselves again. Okay, so we need a Nicole for every mom in every city in every town. I love that you brought up the C-section scar massage. That's near and dear to my heart as well. And as you're saying, like most of my clients, they don't even know that's a thing that might need to be addressed or may need some attention. Yep. Um, no one has talked to them about it. So yeah, really appreciate that you are educating your clients about that. Awesome. Yep. I, if I could replicate myself, I would believe me. There's so many, <laughs> there's so many therapists I want in my clinic, and then I'm like, uh, you know, they're there's either too far away or the timing's not right. You know, like if I could replicate myself, I would believe me. But that's well, why I teach. I was gonna say that's probably why you teach your courses. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's actually great. That's. Um, can you share a bit about those courses or how? You know, we have a lot of RMTs who are listening, who I'm sure would be interested in learning more. So is it all in person, online, a yeah. combo? So so Michelle and I uh, founded our business about three years ago. And we, we noticed that in our industry, there wasn't a lot of variety when it came to uh, perinatal education. Um, you were asking about school earlier, about kind of what massage therapists are learning in like the basic massage therapy training uh, to become registered. It is so basic, the information they give there, and it's sometimes dated, and there's a lot of opinions instead of factual clinical information. There's a lot of opinions about things. So when people come to our training, they're like, well, my instructor in school said not to do this, or I thought you weren't supposed to do that. And like, there's nowhere in uh, our code of eth- our standards of practice that say you cannot treat somebody in first trimester, or you cannot massage their ankles, or you can't do this or you can't do that. There's nowhere that says that. These are just all opinions that have been created and kind of passed down through the generations of therapists that have graduated. And then it becomes an issue because, you know, you have people saying different things and then you have patients going to these different therapists and and maybe one therapist is like, well, I can't do that. Or another therapist they see is like maybe never trained in any kind of perinatal massage and not comfortable. So they give like the worst massage. And then the patients are like, is this really what it's like? Like, when I'm pregnant, it is supposed to feel this way. Uh, so Michelle and I noticed a lot of these gaps in our industry. And we were like, you know what, like, we got to come in here and and just change things up. And we did. We, you know, started connecting with people online through Facebook lives. We started talking at all the conferences. Um, we created a whole list of courses. Um, and, and we were doing so well. And I said, the way that the, the industry is moving is more online and we need to kind of have a component and it would save time of, of us away from our families teaching and people taking away from their schedules, um, working or with their families. And so we came up with this idea of having live online theory with videos and paperwork and whatever else they need. Uh, and they complete that, you know, about two weeks before the actual training course, the live course. And then when they come to the live course, it's only four hours. We've made all of our courses four hours. Um, and now we're actually able to teach even sometimes two courses in one day, in an eight hour day. 
Um, and it just, the feedback we've been getting is so amazing because it's just saving time. It's saving money. Like all of our courses are $200 plus HST and they're all four hours. Like it's very simple. Um, and, uh, you know, like we market to massage therapists a lot through Facebook, um, because massage therapists are quite active on Facebook groups, uh, that are geared towards massage therapists and, um, asking questions and industry things. And, and so we've been able to kind of target them in there and kind of get them into our business that way. And so we've been teaching like that since January and we're going to be releasing a lot more courses kind of towards the end of the year and infant massage, um, pelvic health um breast massage because that's also been something people are interested in probably some kind of like birth support um not doula but like more of a massage therapist birth support training um so right now we currently have pregnancy massage level one which is working with the pregnant patient and then level two which is working with the postpartum patient because they're two totally different patients and um and yeah, I'm really excited in our um actually Jesse, you'll love this in our postpartum course, we like a huge component of that live training day is cesarean scar work. Um because yeah, it's it's fine for someone to take a scar course um or to have just basic skills from massage therapy school in scar work, but this is like geared specifically towards a patient who may or may not have had trauma, may or may not have had emergency cesarean or a planned one. So it's like there's more than just like, oh, let's work the scar. Like you got the emotional barriers, you got physical barriers. Like it's it's teaching them how to really work into that area and being able to come from a personal um, point of view while I'm teaching that is so powerful because there's sometimes other therapists who've also experienced trauma. Like I did experience a lot of physical uh, trauma during my first birth, and um, and it took time to heal. And, uh, and just going through that really empowered me to know that like, there's others that others out there that may have experienced the same thing, but also as a practitioner, creating this safe space for patients to come and heal because there's not a lot of outlets for people who've had cesareans to, you know, physically heal. There's a lot of emotional support on Facebook groups and, you know, with therapists and talking to friends and that sort of thing. But to go somewhere to be able to like have focused physical healing post cesarean is like so lacking right now. And, and I want to be a part of that change. So Michelle and I agreed like how important it is um, to integrate that into a postpartum course. It's incredible work. Thank you (laughs) for doing this. Well, thank you for (laughs) having me on here to share it. (laughs) Can you, we will post uh, all the links to these things, of course, in the show notes, but can you just give us the website of where you host the courses? Yeah. So it's super simple to remember. It's uh, (laughs) pregnancymassagetherapy.com. So uh, it's, it's a very easy website to, uh, to remember and, and to Google. And so when you go on there, you'll see what we, what we offer. Um, but we're definitely very active online. So if you're a massage therapist in Canada, uh, we have the Pregnancy Massage Therapist Canada Facebook group. And um, it's a really, really great supportive group for RMTs working in the perinatal field. We share questions. We share articles. We share, you know, I think I've even shared um, Anita's uh cesarean scar video once before and and other things like that like any kind of resource that we think would be helpful for them to share with their patients um we're sharing on there too and it's just a really really great group um we're about like 1500 right now so we're still growing um but we want to be kind of the go-to for pre prenatal perinatal questions in our industry 
um, because everyone has an opinion and, and that's not about, it's not about opinions. It's about clinical experiences. It's about facts. It's about research. It's about all of that when it comes to uh, working with perinatal patients. Science evidence. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Nicole, that was absolutely incredible information. Can you share where people can find more about you online? Sure. So I'm on Instagram, uh, Fully Alive Wellness is my Instagram handle. And uh, my also my, if anyone wants to come for treatment at my clinic in Oakville, uh, I'm fullyalivewellness.com. On the next episode of To Birth and Beyond, we have Anna Dix, a registered acupuncturist and co-founder of Toronto AcuBirthing, which focuses on acupuncture for pregnancy, labor, and postpartum. Anna supports those through menstrual cycle regulation, with fertility concerns, during pregnancy, in birth, and through postpartum. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 